Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do yeah. We, I, I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really oh, hey. kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. Hey, this is Molly popping in before the show to let you know that we have Patreon-exclusive episodes for $4 a month, as well as a few other little snippets and Patreon polls. We also have some new merch added to our merch store on Teespring. We've got t-shirts, masks, mugs, and tote bags. So check it out if you've got a couple bucks burning a hole in your pocket. All right, on to the show. Hi, I'm Katie, and when I was 14, I was convinced that The Doors wrote the song L.A. Woman about me. <laughs> I'm Mariette, and my Patronus is Bernie Sanders. That was a Harry Potter-centric <laughs> intro I had <laughs> Amazing. Hi, I'm Molly. Do, 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 ba, 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 ba. Uh, I wanted that to be my intro because I really feel like that magic... That magical song really does capture the, I don't know, the, 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 the whimsicality and whimsicality. the spookiness that, um, that Harry Potter, I think, represent, still resonates with a lot of us, a lot of us who are fans of the books growing up. Um, in this series that Katie and I are doing of The Wound of the Tomb, we wanted to talk about children's literature that uh, shaped uh, our generation. And for that, we wanted to bring on Mariette, who is the biggest Harry Potter fan we know. Wow. I yeah. didn't even realize you guys had known that about me. I feel very famous. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, I think we've been talking about doing an episode about, we wanted to do a Harry Potter episode back when we were just covering fandoms oh. and your name came up in talk. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Something, a lot something of about your overall vibe let us know <laughs> yeah. that you'd be interested. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, so yeah. So Harry Potter. So Marriott, this is important. This isn't me being nosy, but how old are you? Because I was 11 when Harry Potter came out, which was because, and then it was like Harry Potter and I were the same age. So, wow, yeah. Were you one of those kids that was like, I was so sad when I didn't get a Hogwarts letter? Because people say that and I'm like, I didn't think it was real. Like I was a big fan, but I didn't think I was like literally going to get a letter. I think 11 is too old to think you're going to get a letter. Yeah, yeah. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never felt that. But you're you're a little bit younger than we are, correct? I am 27. I'll be honest, okay. I don't know how old I was when the books started coming out because they were, I think I was like little, like I think I was like six, yeah. like not old yeah. enough to understand. Yeah, so they were first published in 1997 in England, but I don't think that it came to the U.S. until 1998, as, uh, as I'm sure Mariette already knows. And Katie, you don't, what is your relationship to Harry Potter? Because I feel like you hate it. <laughs> I have only seen the movies. I've never read any of them. My mother and my sister were so obsessed that it forced me to hate it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So sense. Katie's going to have kind of a different perspective. She's going to provide the point of view of someone who just doesn't have time for this, frankly. 
Yeah, like a cool person. Like yeah, a person, it wasn't like, cool. Life. I just was like, I don't know about this, guys. Yeah, yeah. it's like an act of rebellion. <laughs> Which I feel like is very relevant because Mariette and I loved it, but there are people all over the world who hate it. And yeah. we need to hear from them too. We need totally. to their voices represented. 100%. So, as Mariette, as you probably already know, that uh, the British version was called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, yeah. and the U.S. version was called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, spookier. It's spookier. <laughs> I read that it's because the Philosopher's Stone is something in mythology that uh, it, it is used to turn non-precious metals into gold. It's like part of alchemy. Um, which mm-hmm. apparently British children all know intuitively. <laughs> and... <laughs> this is what the Guardian said. I don't know. And like Americans are like, oh, I don't know how to turn mercury into gold. I mean, I don't. That's I true. don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't. As an American. Like, <laughs> like, As three American women, we don't. None of us know how to turn metals into gold. So. And that's why our <laughs> that's books funny. have stupid titles. <laughs> so, uh, so when J.K. Rowling wrote The Sorcerer's Stone, she was a struggling single mother. She had a bad first marriage to a Portuguese journalist. She had moved to Portugal to teach for a while while she was married to him. When she moved back to England as a single mom, she was on welfare. And she was really, uh, she was not, not doing well. And she said in many interviews that she felt like she was a failure. And I believe she was in her early 30s when the book was originally published. Um, like a lot of books, it was initially rejected a bunch of times. Uh, there were a lot, I saw one publisher who said, I hated the, stu- or an agent who said the title was too long. Um, oh. A lot of publishers thought that apparently in the 90s, it had gone out of fashion to talk about uh, children's boarding schools. Mm. Like those were taboo mm. somehow. Um, and they also, another criticism was like, kids aren't going to read books this long. Are you kidding me? Uh, what, but the first ones aren't that long, I feel like. But I guess yeah, for like little like, kids. I think the print is so big. Yeah. That they're not nearly, and I remember like around that age, like people were reading. I feel like Redwall. If you're, are you familiar with the Redwall books? I am not. No. Okay. No. Well, they're about little mice that go mm. around and run an abbey, a little mouse abbey in the woods, and <laughs> oh, it's cute. similar to Harry Potter in that it has a lot of intricate world building. That's all I remember about it. But those books were so long. Those were like Tolkien length. Books. oh god um so i don't know i don't, don't know. bring up tolkien around here. <laughs> yeah, not, not now not these not days. now, not now. <laughs> please uh yeah so it eventually uh, an agent from the christopher little agency started reading it and he said like it was in the slosh bucket or you know wherever they put the manuscripts that no one's ever going to read and he said he started reading it and his toes curled wow, and i don't know about you curled. but i don't like to hear an old british man talking about his toes curling no no that's no. bad <laughs> that doesn't um i'll insert a clip if i remember um <laughs> wait did he say this in audio like you have yes, an audio clip? Oh my it God, was in no. a 60 minutes interview Oh from God. a simpler time when Ugh, people were yeah. interviewing jk rowling just like what's with this book yeah about a wizard um, so to me, uh, I always felt like the, bu- I going to start out with a critique 
that I mm-hmm. don't think that her prose is especially compelling. Uh, I think that where the book's strengths really lies in her world building, and I've heard that echoed by people who know more than I do. Uh, yeah, I would say I don't totally know if her prose is good either because I'm an idiot, but I feel like, okay. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but her world building, yes. And I think her characters, her, I feel like her characters were what always really got me. And I always thought they were very funny. So which characters did you feel especially drawn to and connected with? Um, I was so, um, like, I just felt so connected to Ron, which is random, Mm, but I felt like he was very much, like, he had a lot of, like, deep insecurity, which I Uh felt, like, spoke to myself and also, like, especially as a kid, Um, and it was, like, I felt like he had a very good, like, arc. At the time, I feel like I just thought he was, like, funny, and I was, like, oh, it's, like, cool to see someone, like, echoing these, like, insecure thoughts that, like, we all have. Yeah. Um, and I loved, I loved kind of like the, like basic, like I loved Harry. I thought he was just like such a good, like compelling hero. I thought mm-hmm. Hermione was like, I wanted to like be her. I don't know. Yeah. yeah like the main three. Yeah. I, uh, I felt similarly. I really liked Professor McGonagall. I was yes. really uh, into Hermione. I really thought that she had glasses and then I realized that that's a thing that I added because I had glasses and I wanted Aww. to be Hermione. That's ve- Aww, My that's sister so was deeply obsessed with Hermione and was her every year for Halloween after that. And yeah. was was actually, unfortunately, one of those kids who was like, where's my <laughs> One of the kids I just yeah. made <laughs> And then my mom for my sister's whatever 10th birthday, because obviously... Harry Potter had been out already for a while at that point. My sister was really into it. She sent her a letter, like, from, oh my like, God. in the mail. Oh, nice. And my mom, like, got, like, the wax to make the back look, like, authentic. Aww. It was very cute. Um, and I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, okay, so I do want to share this one criticism of Harry Potter that is taken off on the internet recently that I kind of agree with. Mariette, let's get your thoughts. Yeah. Um, There was this post that I think started on Tumblr and then traveled to Reddit, as they do, um, where it was like, Harry Potter was a jock. He was a star player of sports ball. He Hmm. hated history of magic. He just likes shooting his magic gun, and he's such a bro. Yeah, I have seen that. Um, To get to get very nerdy about it, I will say I don't fully disagree. <laughs> I me neither. People have sent that to me, and I've like responded really seriously, and everyone's been like, "Okay, what's literally wrong with you?" Um, no, that's what we want you for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad this can be helpful somewhere. Um, I think that I would agree that I guess he's like not great in school, but I don't think he's like above it. I think he just isn't super he's like any like high schooler like just isn't super interested in like the boring subjects. I remember reading an article a few years ago I think it was in Slate I couldn't find it again when I was getting ready for this but uh, I like the someone pointed out that he has things kind of handed to him like it's really Hermione and Ron who are figuring shit out and Mm. he just sort of is lucky over and over especially this comes up in uh the 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 what is it the goblet race <laughs> oh goblet of fire the, the triwizard tournament the triwizard <laughs> tournament thank you 
Um, yeah, where he's just sort of getting lucky because of what his friends are able to provide for him, which is yeah. what is ultimately, I would say out of all the characters, I think Harry has the weakest arc. Yeah, that is, I guess that's true. Um, but I feel like one thing is that like he come, he has experienced like a great amount of like trauma um, right. that I feel mm. like maybe maybe like painting him as just this like privileged jock kind of like doesn't yes, understand. that's true. Um, and I do think, I feel like he has a very strong arc, again, in the, like, um, fifth book, the, like, undergoing him, like, dealing with his trauma of, like, right. what happened when Cedric was killed at the graveyard. Like, I feel like the fifth book is, like, a really great look at that. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that, I guess I would kind of, I would agree that I can see why people are drawn to kind of, like, the other characters more than him. I feel yeah. like it's also really hard to be, like, a main character like I feel like everyone mm. like hates Carrie on Sex and the City or like you're kind of right Jenny yeah on the L word like it's really right. hard to be everyone likes like the uh sidekicks more exactly yeah. that is true yeah and okay and with this conversation I think we've established Marriott's street cred as a Harry Potter <laughs> Yes. fanatic by saying things like you're talking about the triwizard tournament yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds so so unbelievably is that uh, quidditch <laughs> uh that isn't quidditch right <laughs> for the listeners at home katie did wink when she said <laughs> the one I thing i know is quidditch i'm glad you brought up quidditch katie um i read uh, and this was an article from, I think, 2015, so maybe it's not true anymore. But this article said that something like 1,200 schools and universities have Quidditch teams. Like colleges. How do you fly around? Well, Katie, you don't. Um, <laughs> you have a broomstick and you hobble around with okay, it. Okay, cool. <laughs> but all these articles are like, okay, the same way Harry Potter... Uh, has this reputation as like being the book that kids who were reluctant to read it made them read yeah. and this is like now Quidditch is a sport of kids who would not play sports <laughs> yeah yeah so. but I feel like you have to be I once <laughs> went to a like Harry Potter conference with my mom and we went to a Quidditch tournament <laughs> um it's true <laughs> uh listeners Marriott is turning a very uh <laughs> ruddy right, shade right. <laughs> um That's but awesome. we watched the Quidditch games and you have to be very athletic to do them because you're just like running around it's like soccer and there was like a person who played the Quidditch the snitch I mean so like a person had to like run out and everyone had to like try to catch that person yeah Katie <gasps> the snitch is the fastest I know it's a little yeah thing with the wings yeah Exactly. My sister had a replica of it in her room. <laughs> I'm telling you, my sister was a fucking Harry Potter freak. Yeah. No, I can see why you were driven away. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So I wanted to talk about like a little bit of the, uh, just some basic facts about the series. Uh, it's one of the most crazily successful um, children's books series that there is. It's something like 400 million sold worldwide, although because of J.K. Rowling's recent controversies, those sales have been declining. Really interesting, because I didn't know if that kind of extended beyond the like Twitter social justice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, apparently it has. 
Um, so, and then also, uh, but before, before things started to go wrong, uh, J.K. Rowling, that series, Harry Potter made J.K. Rowling the first author to become a billionaire, according to Bloomberg. And I saw on Business Insider that her net worth is estimated to be between 650 million to 1.2 billion. Holy shit. So she doesn't need people to like her. It's one of the things. Yeah. And she knows that now. And she knows it. (laughs) She's She's like, everyone hates me and I'm still rich. And I'm still richer than you. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Yeah, uh, so it's been really interesting to research how all that has affected the fandom. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, she's been, uh, J.K. Rowling has come out with a series of tweets that we'll get into that a lot of people say are pretty transphobic. And uh, she seems to not really understand what the whole trans rights movement is all about. And she's trotted out a lot of arguments against trans people getting to live the way they want to that are, I think, pretty wrongheaded. But it's been really interesting to see how that has, like, the fallout in the fandom uh, community. Yeah. Um, there's this, uh, there's a woman named, um, oh, what, where is it? Uh, M- Melissa Anelli, who uh, describes oh, herself yeah. as the webmistress of the leaky cauldron which is one of the biggest fan sites and i listened to her she also is a host of the harry potter fan podcast called uh uh, pottercast and uh she also write wrote harry a history and interviewed jk rowling extensively before uh to write that book so she knows everything and she and her co-host on pottercast on the pottercast were so upset to um have to uh to have to deal with this and unpack like what it means to them as current um fans yeah i i feel like that's been such a huge because um the like harry potter like fandom community is like really really smart like there's people who are like like published authors who like got their start writing Harry Potter fan fiction and like so many people have like written like spinoff series that are like more like that are just like were inspired by Harry like all these like very smart people who like are very dedicated fans so it's not surprising to me that like that they've all kind of chosen the right side because they're all very intelligent and I feel like a lot of people are like very involved in like the activist community so that's yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so just so people know what we're talking about there was a tweet that she came out with in june 6 of 2019 where she was referencing an article about it was something about how covid has been Mm. changing the landscape for uh people who menstruate um and she uh she tweeted i'm sure there used to be a word for those people someone help me out womband wimpend womad And basically, she's sort of fallen into that category of people who think that because trans women want to be referred to as women and trans men want to be able to identify as men, even though they may still menstruate, she really takes issue with that. And she's also, I've seen her like and support the idea that if uh, women are, if trans women are allowed to use a women's restroom, then it 
creates unsafe spaces oh my God, for women. It's so and it's just that whole <laughs> what argument an old that like fucking thing. I she's literally oh, so disgusting. And she like puts it yeah. out as like I'm coming out in support of same sex spaces, and I've been in you know violent. Uh, I've been in abusive relationships, and that's what is makes me interested in wanting to support things. And it's like J.K. Rowling is like. You, when you hear her story of like, you know, the welfare and coming out with this book and it, she has kind of an underdog story yeah. until mm-hmm. recently. And now it's like, is this the hill you want to die on? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. She really chose such a strange hill. And also like so many people being against her, her not really stopping. Like she's mm-hmm. like, no, she's doubled down. <laughs> yeah. And I forget the girl's name that played Her- Hermione, Emma, someone. Emma, Emma Watson. Watson. Yeah. She like tweeted in support of like trans rights in response yeah. to that. So it's like, she, you know, she's even less like, this is how I got my start, but I'm still separating from you because yeah. what you're saying is disgusting. So yeah. did uh, so did um, Daniel Radcliffe. He also oh, did. Oh, he did. I, all of the big stars have come yeah. out and said to to like all that, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. And it's such a strange part of authorship nowadays. Because it's also like she, Lindsay Ellis did a really interesting YouTube video about the death of the author and how fans react to things like J.K. Rowling and her taking this stance mm-hmm. um, and how that sort of affects people's relationship with the book. And I think for J.K. Rowling, it absolutely, it can't not shape how you see the book because she's used Twitter and interviews and other things that are totally outside of the book to add on to the book. For instance, in 2007, I don't know if this is a tweet, but she announced that she always thought that Dumbledore was gay. (laughs) Classic, classic moment. (laughs) And then in Fantastic Beasts, in the interview that went along with the Blu-ray release of Fantastic Beasts, if you're following me, uh, she said that Dumbledore and Grindelwald, who's obviously the protagonist, or I'm sorry, the antagonist, are lovers. Mm-hmm. And that's like his uh, gay backstory. <laughs> um, another weird one, in a Pottermore exclusive, Pottermore is another uh, website that I think is like the J.K. Rowling sanctioned fan site. Yeah. Um, in an exclusive for them, she said that wizards didn't use plumbing until the 18th century. And they would just uh, relieve themselves on the castle floor and then use a wand. um, To, like, make it go away. Yeah, I think Sadie Space says it all. (laughs) Yeah, why? Why? Just also why. Why Also, it's so interesting now that the LGBTQ uh, world is now sort of not sort of very uh, against her and is at such odds with her because she's also before in the past she's faced so much criticism for trying to retroactively shoehorn in like oh yeah this character's jewish this character's black the everyone's gay (laughs) i just forgot to tell you in the book because (laughs) and also um, it's like uh, i was reading because like i feel like what really what everyone loved about Harry Potter is that it was such an underdog story Mm -hmm. like in the text itself like I feel like it it really introduced you to like 
introduce one to like systemic oppression, social justice. But then it is like the fact that that she can just go back and be like, oh yeah, Dumbledore was gay rather than like actually exploring like what that means. It is like, it does make you think like, oh, like was the text not even as progressive as I may, may have thought it was. Right. Right. Yeah. And she adds like, it's like sort of like, it's not gay baiting, but it is sort of just like adding this level to something that clearly didn't really maybe exist in any obvious way before um i remember seeing whatever the i've seen all the movies as i said but it's been a long time i remember being young and watching i guess it was the first one but they go to like a bank and it's all like little goblins with big noses and i remember being like I feel I know what you're saying. Yeah, here. and that's another thing people <laughs> and, have And I don't too. love it. No, and it's like, God, looking back, it's like, that's so messed up. Like, it's really, and there's like a character named like Chang. I don't know. I'm making that part up. But there is some sort of like racist naming of characters too. Yeah. Um, One of the I only like Asian characters is named Cho Chang. Yeah, Cho Chang, right. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. No. <laughs> there was another follow-up where the snake, the evil snake, who's Voldemort's pet, mm. um, in another follow-up tacked-on thing, that snake in a past life was actually an Asian woman, which a lot of people took <laughs> issue with. Yeah. That- oh, that was like one of the things she just like added later? Yes. Oh, uh, well, no, I think that was in, that was in the play oh the you know the yeah the, the cursed child the cursed child yeah it's just like write the books and then disappear yeah that's what i want authors to do yeah she seems to be uh <laughs> don't keep haunted, doing so much haunted by the need to like pay lip service to this mm-hmm. idea that things should be inclusive but then she really chafes at that idea in her re- i don't know she's um it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's else just to confusing. say. <laughs> then I'm lost. No, same, same. Um, yeah. But, okay, but my favorite, I long for the old days. I'm nostalgic for the days when uh, the big Harry Potter controversy that I was aware of was how many uh, Christians that I knew personally oh, in yeah. the wanted to burn those. That was, oh. oh my God, yeah. I forgot about that. That was such yeah, a I forgot thing. that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's it always makes like one of the top like most banned books lists. Like people to oh. this day love to ban it. Um, and why recently, do Christians, why do Christians hate it? So I'll tell you, there is mm. an article from the Washington Post last year, 2019. Um, a Catholic school removed Harry Potter books from its library, warning uh, that readers risk conjuring evil spirits. That's the headline of that article. Um, so it goes on to say that Reverend Dan Rehill, who's a pastor at St. Edward's Catholic School, I don't really understand a pastor being at a Catholic school. A pastor, I don't <laughs> think, is a Catholic thing. But anyway, yeah. he said that he purged the books from the school library on the advice of an exorcist that he consulted. And he emailed parents saying, these books present magic as both good and evil, which is not true, but in fact, a clever deception, he explained. The curses and spells used in the books are actual curses and spells, which when read by a human being risk conjuring evil spirits into the presence of the person reading text. 
Wow. Yeah, I guess Christians don't love witches is really what it is. Yeah, magic and witchcraft Magic is, freaks them out. You shall Got not it. suffer a witch to live among ye. Is that is from, the, that's from the Bible? Sounds right to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds right. Yeah. And yet we all love a man that turned water into wine. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Is that like a thing? Like, is he's the only ones who's supposed to use yes. magic? Magic. Right. <laughs> yeah. like only well, no, Jesus. because, well, church sanctioned magic would be a miracle. Ah, you're right. Got it's it. not magic, it's a miracle. So those are rogue the, magic. Got it. Yeah. Anything that's a non miracle magical thing is of Evil. Satan. Got it. So, Interesting. So that's what was so um, people were up in arms about. Uh, I read an article called In Defense of Harry Potter that said that one of the earliest conflicts came out of Zeeland, Michigan, um, where a superintendent of schools forbade teachers to read Harry Potter books out loud to their classes because of their positive references to witchcraft. Um, but you'll be glad to know a self-named group of uh, called Muggles for Harry Potter campaigned successfully to lift the band. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Shouts out, Muggles for Muggles. <laughs> nice work. Yeah. I also saw that on, uh, nice work. on, not, not, on the Leaky Cauldron, now there's all this stuff about um, muggles for getting out the vote and like oh, the, woman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the woman who played uh, Hermione in, um, what was the play called again? Uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So the woman who played uh, Hermione in that is like does a whole little campaign spiel. Oh, interesting. Is she like taking a stance? (laughs) Um, No, I don't think that they. uh, They don't say who to vote for. Yeah. No, they just they just they just want to get the vote out. Rock the vote. As so I saw <laughs> I saw some of them there was like a list of fandom endorsements and I saw that some of them were like um you know uh Star Wars fans know that you have to stand up to um forces that would destroy the galaxy or whatever and it's like very obviously alluding to Trump but they're not saying uh, got it for Trump um so that was cute to see yeah <laughs> um Yeah, so uh, there's also, uh, I've seen a lot of, like, this is all, again, going back to before these complicated times we live in today, uh, there were, uh, I saw a lot of articles from, like, maybe five to ten years ago about how good Harry Potter is for your mental development as a kid. Um, Interestingly, there was a whole article in the Journal of Applied Psychology that uh, the title was The Greatest Magic of Harry Potter, Reducing Prejudice. And these Mm. researchers in Modena, Modena, Italy, Mm. set out to find out if reading the series improved attitudes towards three groups, immigrants, uh, homosexuals, and refugees. Homosexuals. Homosexuals. (laughs) They said homosexuals. I saw other articles saying LGBTQ, but the article said homosexuals. Um, They saw a positive effect on children who identified the main characters, especially Harry Potter. Uh, One of the authors of the study told Marie Claire, uh, Harry has meaningful contact with characters belonging to stigmatized groups. He tries to understand them and appreciate their difficulties, 
some of which stem from intergroup discrimination and fights for a world free of social inequalities. Yeah. So that was a hot take from I mean, just I guess that part is good. A few years ago, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the overall thing is, like, I feel like symbolically it's great, but then it's like, yeah, why can't you actually, like, walk the walk here, Miss mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling? Yeah. Yeah, everyone well, else is. And yeah. also, I think that this study might fall into a category of what are very dumb studies that uh, are just trying to conjure up a headline that they know people will yeah. like. So mm. this study coming out resulted in a lot of outlets being like, reading Harry Potter makes you a better person. Right. Uh, telling us what we already knew. Harry Potter fans are better than everybody else. <laughs> and a lot of times, like, <laughs> a lot of times, like um, you know, people who come out with these kind of studies like they want that kind of attention so they kind of go into it trying to manufacture a certain result because here's the thing here's what i don't understand admittedly i could not access the entire study without paying 7.99 which i was not about to do there um but what i don't understand is how do you know that those children weren't just kids who already weren't disposed to think that way how do you know that harry potter had anything to do with it because they were just saying like these are the kids, the kids who identified with Harry Potter and not Malfoy uh, seemed less racist to us, the Italian researchers. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, right. Also, like, what kid is going to read that book and be on Malfoy's side? Like, I feel like it's like, that would be like a crazy, really? They're out there. That's like, I feel like someone who's just trying to be like, Edgy. I mean, yeah. edgy kids exist. Edgy I guess kids you exist. know what, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I was not. I mean, he was platinum blonde and looked fine to me. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, again, read the books, but. (laughs) Yeah. I also read an article from just a few years ago that was published on Elemental, um, where the title was What Harry Potter Teaches Us About Mental Illness and Empathy, um, where the author argues that the dementors are a metaphor for depression. Um, Yes. The slug of this article was, from its soul-sucking dementors to its marginalized heroes, the world of Harry Potter world helps kids learn tolerance and compassion. Yeah, well, I think J.K. Rowling, who has also said that, that she wrote the dementors about having depression. Right. So that person might have that's like not an original idea i think okay. like, yeah. I have, like stole you that know, from her i thought that but i wanted you or to she say stole it, it from them. oh maybe she did steal it from them yeah she's like no yeah i meant to do that for some reason in my notes i wanted to bring up directly after that rolling demanded that the principal cast for the harry potter movies be kept strictly british yeah I oh yeah i remember thing. hearing that why just because Okay, I don't know if we know why. Here's my theory. I think that a lot of British people, maybe she's just a hateful bitch. Who knows? That's obviously possible. But um, I, uh, I think that a lot of British people are traumatized still by Dick Van Dyke's British accent in Mary Oh, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just watched a video that was like, British people talk about the worst British accent of all time. That's awesome. And it's a children's movie. And maybe J.K. Rowling is like, I don't want people to just talk about the movie space in my book because of a bad act. I don't know. That's just my theory. I have no idea. Sounds right. I remember when that was like a thing, it was like, she it was supposed to be like an empowering thing like it was seen as a positive thing like oh it's so great she only wants to keep it as a british cast um i mm. guess like maybe people weren't thinking past the like implications 
of that. Right. I do you remember it was like supposed to be like a positive thing. Like she's not going to let Hollywood take over this story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just British Hollywood. Just British Hollywood. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that's all I had that I really wanted to cover, except I, uh, I wanted to know, Maria, did you ever go to one of the opening parties, like one of the release parties at a bookstore? I did. Um, so I went to the release party for, um, I think it was the fifth book when I was like in like fourth grade. And I remember, I only remember this because, um, I like went to get in line to get one of, to get like hot chocolate. And my mom thought I had like just gotten lost and had gotten taken. So they like went over the loudspeaker at this Barnes and Noble in front of like everyone in my state basically. And we're like, Mary Antaropis, like your mom's looking for you. And I was so humiliated. Um, cause I was just like online for hot chocolate and my mom had thought that I had like been kidnapped. It was so humiliating. Aww. So I do remember that. And then I don't know if I went to the release parties for the other ones. I don't think I did, but I remember like I had caught up and was like of an age to really be reading them as they came out for like the last book. Like I was like so highly like anticipating that. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that was like such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's something where it's like, it is crazy to think, like, I, like, name a children's book now that gets that kind of attention, where everybody dresses up and goes to a bookstore. Right. Um, Yeah. I took my sister to Barnes & Noble for, like, the, I guess, maybe one of the last books, Um, and everyone there was dressed up, and she was dressed up, and I just watched her run around with all the other little witches and wizards. (laughs) Wow. And it was cute. cute. Yeah. She really loved it. I, I had to love it on the sidelines because I was so immersed in it all the yeah. time. Yeah. And now with the closure of Barnes Noble and Borders, that is, uh, that's something we shan't see Wait, did Barnes and Noble close? And not all the way, but I think all of the major book retailers yeah, have filed for some kind of bankruptcy wow. or early. I know Borders filed for bankruptcy. Barnes and Noble maybe is just closing locations, but. Oh, I knew, I think I knew that about Borders, but I didn't realize about Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble was always so much more sophisticated than Borders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of their font and their ampersand. Yeah. And I remember Borders was the always ampersand. just like in the mall. Right. And they well, always had a Starbucks, like I think. For mall readers. Barnes & Noble <laughs> had a Starbucks. Did they both have Starbucks? They were both just Starbucks both? books, I think. Yeah. Coffee yeah, and correctly. books go together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember when our Barnes and Noble got Starbucks. It was like a really big deal, but I, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember like when that happened. Yeah, um, but yeah, Marriott. What is there any uh, other aspects of Harry Potter that you feel have shaped your life as an adult? Um, that is a really interesting question. I think what um, I feel like the biggest thing that I felt like Harry was always a very interesting protagonist because he like constantly like he came from like he grew up in this family where everyone hated him and he was constantly like being attacked but he like never like gave up like he was Mm -hmm. just always like I have no choice but to continue trying to save the wizarding world even though all the odds are stacked against me like this is really hard um but he just like was so relentless in like pursuit like in fighting the Mm -hmm. forces of evil which I feel like 
I don't know if that stayed with me, but I feel like that was like a very good thing to read yeah. as a kid that like yeah. you to like never give up even when it seems like all is hopeless. Oh. So with that said, what I'm wondering now is do you think for you personally and do you think uh, as a generation as a whole, like would you want to pass down your love of Harry Potter to the next generation or are you like, no, burn them all? I want to burn them like, like I'm a Christian in the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to pass it down because I'm a Christian and I don't believe in dark magic. But <laughs> Okay, interesting. Be careful. That's, don't that's say any of those spells out loud, Marriott. They're real. Um, no, that's that's like, because I feel like it is so like tainted now. And um, I was like listening to the audiobooks in the beginning of quarantine because just for like comfort. And then I like mm-hmm. had to like stop because I was like, this woman is so disgusting. Like I can't, I cannot even like engage with her. Um, so I feel like that is like a really tough, really, really like tough question. And also I guess from the things that we've talked about, like the other problematic aspects, I'm like, can I just ignore that? But I do feel like it's a really good story and does have like these good values but I don't know I also I have younger siblings and neither of them were like into it so I'm like mm-hmm. maybe it was just very much of my generation specifically right. yeah. and that there's something else that's going to be for like the next one yeah know. future kids are going to have google in their retinas and they're not going to they don't yeah, need to read care. the they're way we did read. they don't need to read the same way we didn't need to learn cursive yeah illiteracy exactly (laughs) there's tv now you can just watch it (laughs) that's that's marietta is a mom yeah don't do that there's tv um is that the note we want to end on i mean there is tv should we all go watch tv guys guys everybody shut up let's go watch tv let's go watch tv stop talking about this wingardian leviosa you guys it's been great it's been great yes thank you so much for having me absolutely i'm so glad my knowledge could go to you it really like i would have been lost without you (laughs) i know nothing try wizard tournament (laughs) yeah you would have stuck on them forever (sighs) yeah but yeah um aveda kadebra wait is that the one that kills people yeah if anyone's listening is dead i'm so sorry (laughs) snipe snipe savarus snipe snipe Snipe, Savarus Snipe, Dumbledore, 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 Savarus Snipe, Snipe, Harry Potter, 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 Har